Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with John Kanegi, CIO at Legacy Health. In this segment, Kanegi talks about the role that communication and transparency play during an acquisition, how data breaches can turn victims into villains, and how he's leveraging the CISO role to help his team develop better security paradigms. HealthSystemCIO.com podcasts are sponsored by Improvada the healthcare IT security company ranked number one by class for secure messaging and single sign-on. For more information, visit their website at improvata.com. And it's interesting when you talk about, um, you know, the people who, who have the conversations with the independent physicians because uh, you're talking about the credibility issue too where it yes. can't just be, <laughs> yeah, IT, I guess. It's a polarity. It's just something I think we will always, we'll always have to, to balance because, uh, as I said earlier, uh, we're we're rightfully proud of the accomplishments we've made with our electronic health record partner, and um, and very enthusiastic about it. And that can come across maybe too boastful or dismissive of other EMRs, or you know you really need to do this program to be a you know full member of our clinically integrated network. Others have done that, and have said. Over three years, you need to transition to the common electronic health record we're going to support. We've we've decided not to do that, and I think because, as I said earlier, we had a lot of deployment. We didn't our clinically integrated network did not have any high percentage of physicians who had no electronic health record in their in their office. So they were already well on the way of this journey. So as I said, it's this balance between our uh, real enthusiasm and, you know, hype and overselling and overzealousness. Right. And you said that really the biggest hurdle has been uh, those who were switching from another product. Yes. Epic itself has uh, made a lot of progress on ingesting CCDs from other EMRs as part of a conversion strategy. And, um, and the Connect program is pretty large nationwide worldwide and um, and so we're able to uh, use basic vanilla technology from our vendor to facilitate that um, but it's still work still work on the practice still work on the physicians and obviously all of our team that has to make this all work flawlessly right okay you mentioned before about Silverton so this is the really recent development too where yes. you uh, bringing in another medical center and uh, wasn't wasn't quite a cut and dry. Oh, they happen to be on the same uh, instance of Epic as we are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. definitely an MNA uh, MNA activity in healthcare. Yeah, and can you just talk a little bit about that that process of bringing a new hospital into the fold and and really looking at it from that that perspective, the, the leadership perspective of how that that needs to be approached. Well, let me start maybe philosophically or at the non-technical level at all. Uh, let me start with the people and the culture. So one of the things that I, I've been so excited about, and uh, this, this uh, prenuptial period has gone on for um, a little over a year, and, but every person that I meet at Silverton, whether it was the, um, the CIO who also wore the hat of chief nursing officer and chief operating officer of the hospital, the smaller hospital, about 800, 800 employees in total, 
at Legacy, we have about 10,000. Um, it just felt separated at birth, if you know what I mean. The enthusiasm that they have about their community and about the patients and about um, the work that they do that benefits the Silverton community is the same passion I hear here at Legacy every day. And it sounds like I'm doing an ad campaign for Legacy, and I, I don't mean to. I, I love working here. Uh, and the Silverton family, just that the, the same kind of drive and energy and excitement and enthusiasm and passion uh, I hear from leaders and staff and you know people who who count their tenure at Silverton in decades as people do here and it's just been it's been great as you said in terms of merger and acquisition um, you know that's a that is a worrying time for the 18 people who work in in IS and clinical informatics at Silverton and I take that very seriously I take that to heart as a key part of my uh, role and accountability as the CIO to think about the people and their transition. We have more vacancies in our IS department than they have staff, and so it'd be, it could be easy to get overly, uh, you know, consumed by Big Brother. It would be very easy for them to feel condescended to as a rural hospital, and you know, we're we need to choose our words very uh, appropriately. Uh, not to dance around anything, but but really in terms of, you know, they're they're they are a staff and a health system and a medical community in transition, and transitions are tough. You don't know how things will fit, even though there is such an enthusiasm, and such a a um, cultural fit with our organization. There's still going to be changes, and uh, obviously they're going to deinstall five EMRs that the staff know how to use and have been working with for, for over 15 years, and we're going to be putting in EPIC. The first thing we did, we just met the day before D-Day, the day one of our closing day. They, um, we went down and met with all the staff, and uh, this month, just this month, we will be shipping a number of people to uh, Verona, Wisconsin, to start their journey to become EPIC certified, and they're very excited about that sort of thing. And so yeah. I've just talked a lot to my staff about, uh, or my legacy, little L legacy staff, and my new staff about the importance of them feeling welcomed, and and in any part of this transition, if they feel stressed, um, to certainly let me know um, if they're worried about where their jobs are and if they decide that they're interested in staying, they don't want to go to, for whatever reason, you know, personal reasons, they don't want to start down an EPIC certification journey or become a builder or, or commute to Portland, which is, you know, probably a three-hour uh, round-trip commute daily, um, when particularly traffic, that's, a, that's an awful direction that they'd be coming to try to work normal working hours here. Yeah. If that isn't in their current plans right now, that's fine. We, uh, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of things to be done. And um, at the end, you know, we have process and technology, but the first priority is the people. And that's really, really, really important to me. Yeah. It is a complicated issue, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, that leadership really comes into play uh, throughout the whole process, I would think, you know, from, from, uh, from when you first started speaking with the people at, at Silverton to, you know, getting to now and, and even going forward. Yes. Well, we have an 11-month journey that has just started to, yeah. to get onto EPIC. We want to do that right. Uh, there's, there's no 
immediate urgency. Uh, you know, no no contract with with an old EMR that's expiring, or you know, we, we want to do it right uh, rather than do it fast. And um, although we, we want to do it diligently, and so um, started that journey, and uh, and the people are really really enthusiastic, which is great. Okay, that's another thing on your plate, and um, I'm sure one of the other big issues, as always, is, is security, and particularly with you, you hold the, the CISO title as well, right? I do, I do. Okay. So I did, yeah, did want to get a, into a little bit of how that works, and you know, with with security, especially being such a uh, a big priority, and and kind of how you're able to to navigate that. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, it's another thing that uh, I obviously pay a lot of attention to. Um, certainly, the breaches, and the arms race um, that is uh, protecting your proprietary information, the information about patients and employees that you steward in your systems. Um, you know, it's just staggering the evil that is out in the world. You know, here we are trying to do great work at helping people's lives, you know, healing cancer, uh, delivering baby, you know, all the great work that is done in the healthcare system. Mm-hmm. And you have folks, domestic and foreign, who, you know, want to commercialize, um, either get intellectual property or commercialize. Um, stolen information uh, it's just just makes me mad <laughs> you know yeah. we, we put we put a fair amount of investment into information security protection that really does nothing to foster the mission of healthcare other than the lack of it would would be debilitating to our business obviously um, the community trust uh, you know when you have a, a breach event it's just been interesting I've I've heard the great that basically says, you know, in, in healthcare with the HIPAA laws, um, a victim of a breach becomes a villain because of the way the law is, is situated. And, you know, a breach over 300, we have to, um, we have to release a press statement that uh, notifies the community that we had a breach of more than 300 patient records. Um, and you, you know you you um, obviously are embarrassed to get a little vilified for having this, and I don't know how I and my team of people can protect against a very concerted attack by a foreign state government or uh, organized crime, um, both of which overseas, um, that are persistently trying to to attack. And of course they're. Their methods with phishing. You know, it's not the nerdy teenage hacker anymore that is um, that's trying to get in. As I said, it is uh, it is a persistent phishing attack, social engineering, stealthily getting in, but then lying dormant as to not um, you know raise any issues and then exfiltrate lots of information. And it's, uh, it's something we are constantly, constantly, constantly vigilant about. Now, you mentioned I have the title and name and responsibility as both Chief Information Officer and Chief Information Security Officer. Mm-hmm. And um, I've worked in, in organizations where the policy part of information security, not the engineering part, but the the audit policy and training regimen is outside of IS. It's in a different division, usually right. compliance. Um, and this assignment may be incumbent only, 
Um, but I'm very sensitive to uh, the, both the perception and the reality of conflict of interest. When I got here four years ago, we, we had a very long-standing, what was called HIPAA steering committee that started in the late 90s and meets weekly and has our assistant general counsel and our chief privacy officer, one of our directors of medical records, a number of IT people, some of our clinical informatics folks. Um, I'm on that. And um, I'm really I'm, I'm both sensitive and pretty obsessive, in fact, about decisions around our risk profile and information security paradigms and policies and practices that I don't make that decision myself. I, so while I, I carry the CISO accountability, um, and, and sort of one person can only be accountable. I mean, a, a function needs to have one level of accountability, not a committee, because the committee has no active accountability. But um, I use that group that I am a member of, not the chair of, I'm a member of, um, to really help Legacy design a very practical, very working, and very compliant information security and patient privacy paradigm. And my staff know that full well. So as we, as we make changes or we decide, you know, there's a, there's a security barrier to doing business. Let's open it up. Now, as CISO, do, do I have ultimately the authority to do that alone? Probably, but it's something that I don't do for that very reason of I don't want to be perceived as having too much authority in myself alone. Yeah, and it definitely makes sense. And But at the same time, you can see how, obviously, how intrinsically those two roles are, are related um, especially you know, now with, with everything that you're dealing with and, and the, uh, the education that, that needs to be uh, ongoing. <clears throat> Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.